Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're studying the book of Romans and learning how the power of the gospel impacts every part of our lives. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. So good to have you back on the podcast today. Many of you are listening and you're newer listeners, and I greatly appreciate your willingness to be a part of this podcast. In just a few short days, I'm going to be adding some more information uh, to the podcast, more content, I should say, and kind of slow releasing. I have hundreds of, of videos that are available and Bible studies, but in order to uh, do it, I think, in a methodical way. We'll be releasing them just uh, little little by little and looking forward to that. I've also uh, compiled some really good footage from the Bible lands, Israel and Greece, and a lot of biblical sites, and I'm really excited about sharing some of that with you as well. So that's coming here in just uh, just a few days, and I hope you'll be looking out for that. We're in Romans chapter 4, and we've been talking about Father Abraham. I hope I didn't get that song that song stuck in your brain yesterday because it was stuck in mine, and it's a little bit irritating, although the message is good. But we're in Romans 4 and verse number 13. If you would uh, go ahead and maybe mark your place if you're able to. So Romans chapter 4 and verse uh, 13, the Apostle Paul has made the really irrefutable case that Abraham was not justified by works. And then he's further made the case that Abraham was justified by faith before he ever received the sign of circumcision. So therefore, Father Abraham is the father not only of the Jews, but of all those that come to God by faith in the promise of Messiah. So that's a really encouraging thought because that opens salvation to to everybody. And understand that that's the story of the Bible, as we are seeing. The story of the Bible is not just the redemptive story of the New Testament. We we all would agree the New Testament's about the gospel, but the Old Testament is about the gospel as well. As we have seen in the law and the prophets, as we have seen in Abraham's testimony and in the testimony of David, and we could look at all the other Old Testament characters and all the other Old Testament books, and what we would find is that the story of the Bible is God's redemptive narrative, the story of how God rescues each and every one of us. It's a great story, obviously, because it's true. Look at verse number 13 of Romans 4. For the promise that that this is referring back to Abraham now, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world. So when God gave a promise to Abraham, he said, Abraham, uh, through your seed, uh, there will be a numberless uh, number of people that come out of your lineage. Uh, you won't be able to number them. Look at the stars. You can't count them. You won't be able, to be able to count your offspring. Look at the sand. You won't be able to count those grains of sand. You'll never be able to count uh, your offspring. There'll be a numberless, a great nation will come out of you. What's interesting is if you've ever been to Israel uh, and been out in the Judean desert, where much of what God said to Abraham was out in these desert regions, I mean, think about it. At night, no, no, there's no artificial light. There's no street lights back in those days. 
all you can see are the stars. And then during the day, all you see is sand. It's almost as if God said to Abraham, Abraham, uh, every night and every day, I want to remind you of my promise. Like the stars, like the sand, uh, my word is true in your life. Look, look, look every day. He was reminded of the fact that he would be the heir of the world in the sense that Jesus, Messiah, the seed of Abraham, would rule and reign the world as an offspring of Abraham, all according to the Abrahamic covenant. Look at verse number 13 again. So the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. No, the, the law of God was not the promise of future blessing. The, the law of God, the, the Mosaic law that was given, that wasn't the promise that Israel would be a great nation or that Abraham would see the fulfillment of this promise. No, the law was not the promise. It wasn't given through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So look at verse number 14. For if they which are of the law be heirs. In other words, if being an heir was a result of the fact that I am the recipient of and a follower of and obedient to the law, then faith is made void and the law and the promise made of none effect. So the promise of blessing was given to Abraham and that promise was realized and the reward of that promise was actuated by faith. So where does the law come in? Because the law is not the promiser and the law does not give us the reward. So where does the law come in? Well, the law comes in much after. See, the promise was given, and then the law came about 400 years later. And the case that Paul makes really well in Galatians 3, and of course, we know it's the Word of God, so the Holy Spirit makes the case very well. But the, 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 the Galatians chapter 3 teaches that the law, which was 430 years after the promise to Abraham, didn't just didn't disannul the promise that God made to Abraham. It wasn't that God said, okay, the Abrahamic promise is really not working out because my people are forgetful and my people have kind of wandered. So I got to come up with a new plan. The new plan is the law and I'll make them obey me and I'll give them all these rules and regulations and I'll find it. That's not what the law was. The law, the Bible says, was something that God added because his people weren't seeing themselves as sinners. They weren't seeing themselves in desperate need of God's grace and his forgiveness. And they weren't seeing their need to rely upon him for their righteousness. And so God gave them the law to show them just how desperately they need grace. Do you see that? So the law was never intended as a promise agent. The law was never intended as, the law never had a salvific purpose, a purpose to save. No, the law was always and only intended to demonstrate the need for salvation. Now, we've been over this before, but I'm reiterating this because the Bible reiterates this. Would you look at verse number 16? Therefore, it is of faith. Are we getting the idea yet? Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. You see, faith 
goes along with grace. What is grace? Grace is God's undeserved favor that gives us what we need but don't deserve, and that is his own righteousness and a right standing with him. And how do we access that grace? How do we respond to it? By faith. Faith is a human response to the divine expression, the divine uh, the divine initiation of grace. Uh, we can't respond unless God has first initiated. We, we know that. We love him because he what? He first loved us. So God always initiates. So there always has to be grace. Sometimes we call that prevenient grace. Mankind in and of himself cannot seek God. We learned that last chapter. He doesn't seek God. He doesn't know God. He doesn't want God. He's apart from God. But what did God do? God made the first move. And God is initiated by faith, his love. And by faith, then we can respond to uh, the grace of God. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end, verse number 16, that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not, not to that only which is of the law, but to that which is also of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Jew, Gentile, everybody that comes to God by faith, like Abraham, can call Abraham their father. Now, look at verse number 17, which is a parenthesis. It's a scriptural, it's a scriptural verification of what Paul just said. Verse number 17. As it is written, notice the parentheses, I have made thee a father of many nations. That's Genesis chapter 17 and verse 5. So again, Paul says, don't take my word for it. And I, I love that when, when preachers preach a message and say, don't take my word for it. It's right here in the Bible. And our preaching ought to be Bible preaching. I think as par our parenting ought to be Bible parenting, that we ought to be able to say, here's what we ought to do, and here's what our responsibility is, and because here's what the Bible says. So that's what Paul does. Paul says, it is by faith that it might be by grace. Don't take my word for it. The Bible says that Abraham is our father because he's the father of us all, because God told Abraham, you'll be the father, not just of the Jewish nation, but of many nations, every kindred, nation, tongue, and tribe. Ever read that, the book of Revelation, that great congregation singing and giving praise to the lamb that was slain? What? Why? Why do all nations uh, have access? Because God said so, that fa Father Abraham can be the father of all of us as we come to God by faith. It's available, Jew and Gentile alike. And, and the Bible goes on to say, in verse number 17, before him whom he believed, so Abraham stood before God, and he believed God, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. That is one of my favorite verses in Romans, that God calls those things which have not yet happened, he labels them as if they have already happened. I love that. Why? Because God has that whole eternality thing going on, doesn't he? He's not bound by space and time like you and me. And he can do things that you and I can't do and you and I can't even fathom, like he can quicken the dead. 
And the dead here make alive from the dead. And the dead here refers not just to dead corpses, although we know God can do that, Lazarus and Elijah and the widow's son at Nain, and there's many examples, but that's not what it's talking about. What it's talking about here is quickening the dead means that he can bring life out of a dead womb. Because in a few verses, he's going to say Abraham was uh, too old to have children, and Sarah was too old. Her, her womb was dead. And yet, what did God do? He brought Isaac out of that deadness. He made something alive out of death. And that's the gospel, isn't it? That he makes something alive out of death. Wow, what a, a, great, what a great illustration of, of the gospel. But then, he calleth those things which be not as though they were. God has the ability by his word and through his omniscience and his eternality to say, this is true, even though you won't see it for thousands of years. And the Bible says that Abraham lived his whole life looking for that promise. That's Hebrews chapter 11. He never did see a home built. He never did see a temple erected. He never did see the Messiah come, but he believed it. He believed it. He believed it. And God said, Abraham, it's true. It's as true, you can bank on it, because I said it. And it might not physically come to pass in time and space for 4,000 years, or in Abraham's case, in almost 2,000 years, 1,800 years till Jesus came. But I'm going to say it's true right now, and you can bank on it. Why? Because God's word is always true, past, present, and future. We're going to stop there in verse number 17 and finish the chapter next episode. I do hope you'll join us for that. Until then, God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, take a moment to subscribe or share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, God bless.